Well, if I didn't wake you up this morning, nothing will. <laughs> it's Craig on KXFM 104.7 and Rainbow Radio here in Laguna Beach. And uh, a cloudy day. And, I, you know, I was out last night. Yes. <laughs> Yours truly was out on the town until a late hour of, I think, about uh, 6.30. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I heard someone say, yeah, it's just miserable. It's like cloudy and Cool. I was thinking, you know, our first world problems, come on, let's get over it. <laughs> you could be in the UK where it's pushing. I think I, I saw in the news today that was like, like um, speaking of weather, uh, it was like, um, I, th I think it said like eight to 10% or something like that, or maybe, maybe, maybe more, maybe 15% of the residences in the UK have air conditioning. While here in California, it's like 80% have air conditioning. Well, they're not used to it because the average summer temperature in the UK, if you didn't know, is uh, a 72 degrees, I believe. The average summer high is 72, 74 degrees. Well, they're hitting 30 degrees higher than their normal. And, you know, that's got to be a shock to the old system. And... Um, Considering when I was there a few years ago, uh, they only put like two ice cubes in every beverage you get, because I guess, I don't know, ice is on a, in a short supply. Um, who would have known? <laughs> but um, it's just a, a culture thing. It's different, you know. And no, I'm not drawing any judgment. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so the sh shortage of ice and... Um, and uh, 30 degrees more, um, it could be, um, it could be a, a, a scary thing. I'm with the fire trucks um, right here by the station. Hope everything's all right here in Laguna Beach. So uh, back to the weather. It's uh, going to be, I think, a high of 73. So we, we've stolen <laughs> the weather from the UK or from London at least. And um, we're, having, we're enjoying some very mild summer temperatures here which is really nice. And it will be sunny later this afternoon, as it says in the weather, and very mild through the rest of the week, which is, which is just fine. I, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> so unless, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's very cool. So Craig, Rainbow Radio here. Boy, this week, whether it was national news, local news, or whatever the heck is going on, but I want to I wanna focus on one real th close thing. And I think it was it was going on this morning that um, uh, the you know with Roe versus Wade I'm I'm going to jump right in there because it, it affects uh, the LGBTQ community a lot and there was some oh there were some words that let's say as long as we're at it let's um, go back uh, that um, one of the justices uh, spoke out saying that um, the Marriage Act thing thingy was much like the Roe versus Wade. It, it should not have been passed and we should reconsider it and withdraw that uh, judgment. And so there is an attempt to uh, put it before Congress uh, and it passed one house and it's on to the second house and uh, it, it it's questionable whether it will, will succeed or not uh, to codify it, to make it legal so that it... Um, 
you see the justice of the courts interpret the laws. So if uh, the legislature defines a law, then the court can't say, well, it's not, <laughs> they have to interpret the law. I mean, that's, that's what the courts do. I learned that in, in high school, as, as a matter of fact. So if it's the law that, uh, that marriage is recognized, um, uh, then, um, so they, when they interpreted that gay marriage was legal, they were interpreting that, uh, equality was a, is part of the equality, uh, that's written into the constitution. <clears throat> but when they looked at it, um, again, they're feeling like, uh, abortion that doesn't fall under the clear definition of equality. <coughs> Go figure. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, a judge. So they found some something in there. So if it is uh, codified as a law, which um, it, it, like I said, it passed through one of the houses, and then the second, uh, went, if it doesn't go through, then it gets filibustered, which they should get rid of that ugly thing, that filibuster thing. Um, then it could be subject to the to the courts to determine if it is. Um, uh, should be protected under uh, the Constitution, which says uh, it should be equal. Um, so, but what I am amazed at, uh, your, the local federal Congre congressional representative is a person named Michelle Steele. And she is a Republican and she represents the lovely community of Laguna Beach. And she voted against it. Um, so our local representative says we shouldn't get married here in Laguna Beach, and um, which is really unfortunate. Uh, she also represents Huntington Beach, most of the coastal cities, cities from, I don't know if she represents Dana Point, but maybe as far south as, but it's most of the uh, coastal cities from here north. Uh, I don't know how far north, and I can't remember the district, the number of the district, but if you look it up, um, Michelle Steele, no E on the end, S-T-E-E-L. Um, write her a letter. Ex express your, your voice if you are so desired. It's a part of our protection. It's freedom of speech. So I just would toss that out there this morning. <laughs> Think about that one. Um, and that's worthy of thinking about. Uh, I don't know what would happen if it was, uh, would it undo, uh, it would just be a big mess. Oof, 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 oof. A big hanging mess. Um, so uh, on a more br brighter note, um, there's a lot going on here for uh, in the LGBTQ community. It seems that now that uh, June is over, uh, we're coming up on the end of the month here with a lot's going on. I have to say the next biggie event that you might be interested in has to do with the, oh, the loss of a, of a historic, a historic part of our culture here in Laguna Beach for everyone. And that is the loss of the Royal Hawaiian. It's been here for 75 years. And I believe me, that's older than me. <laughs> it's been here. And it is closing on the 31st of this month, which is really sad. Um, Mauro, uh, who is the chef, said that he's been getting lots of reservations for this last week. And remarkably, Laguna Beach Pride has uh, 
on the 31st, the last day, has a um, luncheon of, event there from noon to three uh, with Drag Bingo. And it's part of, uh, we had planned it uh, ahead, not knowing that that was going to be the closing day. And we're sad to discover that it is, but um, we're glad we're there. And Mara has assured us it's going to be one raucous farewell <laughs> The last lunch on the last day of 75 years at that location, I, I just, it's so, I, you know, I guess, I don't know, it's, I have many, many thoughts about it. I remember going there probably, probably 15 years ago was the first time I went there, uh, one of my first trips. And I just felt like, because uh, my family had lived in Hawaii for so many years, that here was a little corner of Hawaii here in Laguna Beach. And they had all the thatched roof in there. It was before they remodeled a, a couple of times, I think. And it just seemed like uh, here's a little corner uh, of the world that is uh, speaks Hawaiian <laughs> in so many levels. And right now it is very nicely done. It's it's uh, if you haven't been in there recently. And so it's really sad to see it go. But anyway, that's on the 31st. If you want to make a reservation and you call call in there and it's from noon to three for the drag bingo Say you're there for that event, because that's what they've saved our space for, and um, that you want to be uh, have a reservation. That we're about half half of the space is gone already, and uh, it's what two weeks away about. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you're interested, call. Yeah, the best is to call their number. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, oh wait, I think I do actually. I think I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, 949-715-1470. 715-1470. And uh, it's, there'll be drag bingo, which is always fun. And, and Dora, a local celebrity, you know, <laughs> she, he, <laughs> it <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it will be there entertaining as usual with our bingo boys and um, girls and um, should be a raucous good time I know I was uh, sharing uh, that I oh probably six years ago or seven years ago that um, Hamburger Mary is another institution although a more LGBTQ in uh, Huntington Beach is that Huntington Beach? No, Newport Beach was closing, and it was a really nice big one. And uh, Dennis Rodman and his, uh, I believe his then wife was there, and and a bunch of other crazy people. And it was the, the last day it was open, and I was there. And it was, believe me, it was a blast. Sad to see it close, but, man, if they had that business every day, they'd never close. But that's the way it goes. But... Anyway, it should be a, a, a blast of a time. So that's what kicks off Laguna Beach Pride for a full uh, week. Um, and that is on Sunday, the 31st of this month, the last day. And, you know, we we see the closing of Harley's, which was sad too. Um, but nothing like, uh, <laughs> like the Royal, the Royal Hawaiian. Yes, I Say that with all due respect tomorrow in the Royal Hawaiian uh, on 
Coast Highway here in lovely Laguna Beach. I don't know any other details about the closing other than it is closing. And uh, we did ask Morrow if he had any information and he did not uh, other than he's been told that uh, that's his the last day for the uh, for the business to be open. So I suppose we will know at some point. Um, so that brings me to another topic. We really do need a gay bar here in Laguna, and I am determined to write an article about that and put it in Rainbow Reflections in Stu News and explain and even suggest a location. How about that? Uh, I do have one in mind. I have talked to the representative for the, the uh, owner. Actually, I have two options, so I'll toss them both in there. And, um, you know, kind of shake things up and see if, see if something bubbles to the surface. Um, it's time. It's time. Maybe a bit overdue. <laughs> but I digress. So what else is going on here? So uh, Pride is start kicks off with uh, a lovely uh, bingo at the Royal Hawaiian and then come moving along, which this it should be really fun. Uh, on Friday, there's a kickoff party at the Playhouse. And that should be fun. I say, I say polyester is king. If, if you're old enough to remember Xanadu... <laughs> which is a stage play. Uh, Olivia Newton-John was uh, in the original movie with on rollerblades, roller skates. I don't think they had rollerblades, but she has on roller skates and lots of polyester. And so it's a, it's a chance to get there. There's uh, free uh, light bites and there is a no host bar. And uh, I believe it's in, uh, it's near the front entrance and um, chef, um, Justin Myers is providing the food and Laguna Beach Pride is, is organizing it. And so that starts at six and that is on uh, Friday, the 5th of August. So as August rolls around, so we, we're still two weeks away, but I, you need to know about these things. And uh, if you, you know, want to dress period and show up in your um, platform shoes, if, and if you kids don't know what platform shoes, just Google it, okay? They were they were quite the rage. <laughs> I I will confess I had some elevated shoes, and so at six four and I and at twenty eight inch waist in my elevated shoes, I was quite a sight. <laughs> oh my, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, so uh, then then the stage play, which is actually the Xanadu stage play. The nice thing is that um, because it, if you uh, know about it, you can use a discount code, which is PRIDE365, and you get 20% off the ticket, uh, which is very generous of the, the Laguna Playhouse because it's their contribution, I suppose, to PRIDE when we really appreciate that. So go there. It's on August 5th, and you can get a ticket today, right now, online, uh, and book your seat for the stage play. And it all wraps up at 9 o'clock, so it's it's a full evening. Um, get there, have a couple beverages and some food and uh, stick around for the play and um, the food and the beverage, the beverages are ho no hosts. So it means they're, it's a cash bar, but the food is free and uh, the camaraderie is certainly free and um, a little social gathering party there. 
and get your ticket now and then go do the stage play and that'll be fun. Then the next morning, get up early and join Harry Huggins. Um, I believe on Monday there'll be an article in Stu all about this, but join Harry Huggins for a hike and work off, work off all that extra food you had the night before. Uh, there will be a, an early morning gathering for hikers. It'll be about a 60 to 90 minute hike uh, in the canyon. And where are we going to gather? I forget. Uh, a nature walk. Mm. Well, it's at the website at Laguna Beach Pride, but that's the first thing in the morning. So then after that, you can rush home, and take a shower, chill a bit. And around 4 p.m., you can gather at uh, the main event, which is um, at the Neighborhood Community Church, which is Glen Eyre and St. Uh, Anne's Drive is, are the cross, cross streets. It's a huge, huge parking lot, which most people don't know about because it's kind of hidden from the street. And there's a huge stage. There are some, there is some great entertainment on. There's the Pulp Vixen, which is an all-female band group. They play everything uh, from, um, I don't know, let's see. They play uh, Whitney Houston songs. They play Justin Timberlake, Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga. Uh, everything, everything that there ever is, uh, Afro pop, <clears throat> and then along comes Lyle Anthony, who's on at eight o'clock, and he is an up, really an up and comer. We're really happy to have him. Some name entertainment. There's a, <clears throat> there's, a like about twelve vendors, all over uh, from Laguna Beach, uh, with uh, which is fabulous because it's all kinds of things from jewelry to Oh, what else can I say? Um, there's some uh, there's some really unique products, so it's kind of fun. But there's three food trucks, and then there is a kid and family area, which the Boys and Girls Club from here in Laguna Beach will be um, providing games and crafts for little kitties. Which, uh, and then uh, Wilhelmina Caviar, our resident, um, I wouldn't guess, guess she's resident, but she's the world-famous uh, drag, will be there performing and singing and doing some drag. We have actually have two or three drag acts and we have a DJ and dancing until 10 o'clock. It's going to be crazy and fun and it'll have all the elements of pride, but maybe just scale down a little bit. Um, so we anticipate a huge crowd. Um, the tickets are available online at the moment. Um, it's all nonprofit. It's a 501c3. So all the money is uh, considered donations. But the tickets are uh, $17 in advance and $20 at the door. And then it's not over, but but wait, there's more. <laughs> On Sunday, it's out at the fair, similar to being out at Disney or Magic Mountain. Um, so wear your pride colors and go to the county fair. The trick there is they do not sell tickets at the, the day of. And why? Because they sell out. So rather than have people show up and be disappointed that they can't get in, they just tell everyone, get them online. That's the way it is these days. And uh, so that, you know, you can get in and you, you, don't, you don't mess up traffic and get there and find out you can't get in. So, which is, a, that's a good thing. So, but make sure you get tickets before you go. And um, there is entertainment every hour on the hour from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. And it's at the Hangar, which is a uh, venue within the county fair. And I suggest, I was there 
well, three years ago, I guess, because we had COVID. And it's a lot of fun, believe me. And it's right in the middle of the county fair. And um, bless the county fair. They 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 wave the, the rainbow flag year-round there in front of the, their main offices, and uh, which was very controversial. And uh, they had some incidents there that were very unkind towards the LGBTQ community. And um, they decided that uh, that the flag of diversity was a statement they needed to make and be inclusive, and they stood behind it. So kudos to them. And this is part of it. So, uh, like I said, they have they have twelve different entertainment acts um, starting, like I said, at eleven, and it's so it's nonstop entertainment all afternoon. And it's in the hangar, the hangar. Just remember that. Like, no more wire hangers. No. <laughs> that's that's just so you make that connection. Remember, yeah. So, so that's what's coming up. The summer of pride, we call it. And um, so you got time. You got a little time here to get a little tan and work out at the gym and find the per- the perfect accoutrements to, you know, to look your best. It's all very, very important, you know, <laughs> making your appearances. Yeah, so we're going to take a short music break here on KXFM 104.7, Craig Rainbow Radio. And I'm going to come back on this day in history uh, for this week, starting today, which is, oh, I should say today is um, July 23rd in the year 2022. Can you believe that? In Lovely Laguna Beach, California, which we love. We love Laguna Beach, California. Yes. And what do we have in the queued up, Mr. Cooley? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I think we have a sound like Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I hate this. Yep. There we go.
Oh, we're dancing in the dark. Oop. Sorry about that. And now, and now, it's on this day in history, LGBTQ history, and for July 23rd, that in the year 20, well, uh, 20, well, the year 1975. <laughs> um, I did not know this. The world-famous evangelist, Billy Graham, uh-huh, states that he is in favor of gay men being ordained. What? In 75? As ministers, though he hedges on the question of whether women should join the same right. Enjoy the same right. Mm-hmm. There's always a but. <laughs> but Billy Graham, you know, he was, for for being a senior in religion, he, he was not as radical as the, as the juniors in religion. I don't know. I think the more radical they became, the more money they made, and the more radical they became, the more money they made, the more radical they became. I, But that's just me. I digress. And moving along to July on this day in history, in LGBTQ history, and now I've ordained it. It's LGBTQ plus. There's no XYZ two four one Z this whatever. We shortened it. Plus it is inclusive of everything. Yes, I ordained that. Um, it's official. And moving along uh, to July twenty fourth on in twenty eleven recent history. Thank you. Uh, the first legal same sex marriages were performed. In the state of New York, New York City records 659 marriages in a one-day record for the city. Hmm. Marriage is alive and well in New York. That was uh, 2011, not that long ago, what, uh, 11 years ago. Moving along uh, to July 25th in LGBTQ history in 1970, the Vatican issues a statement reminding the faithful that the Roman Catholic Church considers homosexuality a moral aberration. <sighs> love you, Vatican. I love the Pope, though. He says, who am I to judge? And that's where I'm at. And Pete Buttigieg, who says to his critics, it's not with me. Actually, he said it to Mike Pence. <laughs> it's not with me to whom you should have an issue. It's my maker. <laughs> I love it. So if you don't like me, call up uh, call up the manufacturer. <laughs> and if you can get him on the phone, good luck. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, but I, I digress, moving along. In 1979, hundreds of demonstrators show up in on Manhattan's Lower East Side to protest a location <laughs> shooting of the William... Fredkin's new film, Cruising, which deals with a series of grisly mutilation murders in the city's gay leather community. I remember the movie, and um, I, I, it was definitely through the lens of a straight person looking at a gay um, culture, I thought. Um, it, it was a nice attempt, but uh, no. You know, what's one person's, a person's opinion? Like, like the, 
Yeah, like everyone has one. <laughs> I can't say it on the air, but, you know, everyone has one of those. <laughs> in 1985 in Paris, a spokesman for the Rock Hudson, for Rock Hudson, acknowledges that the actor is suffering from AIDS. Later, media reports openly and discusses his homosexuality for the first time. The publicity is given, uh, given his illness marks the turning point in building public awareness and the threat of AIDS and a galvanizing support for efforts to fight the disease. I do remember that in 1985. Yes, I do remember that. I'm not what you call a spring chicken anymore. Yes, I do remember that. Okay, that was July 25th. Moving along to July 26th. <clears throat> this is a long one in 1989. <clears throat> Some people may remember that year. In response to political outcries over a Robert Maplethorpe exhibit. If you don't know Robert Maplethorpe, he um, photographed a lot in black and white, but a lot of the male anatomy and lots of leather and a little um, bondage, maybe a little, little avant-garde, very provocative and um, very artistic. Jesse Helms, oh, God bless Jesse Helms. Who would be comparable to him today? Oh, there's several. Uh, leads a fight in the U.S. Senate to curtail the National Endowment for the Arts funding for obscene and indecent art including the artworks that depict sadomasochism, homoeroticism, and the exploitation of children or individuals engaged in sexual act. I will have to say there were no children or individuals engaged in sexual acts in Maplethorpe's art. But anyway, the measure is overwhelmingly adopted by a voice vote. Ann Murphy, executive director for the Arts American Arts Alliance notes that under the new restrictions, we certainly couldn't produce most of Shakespeare. <laughs> and certainly not Richard III. <laughs> the Senate measure also specifically bars federal grants for the next five years to two art groups that helped fund the Robert Maplethorpe exhibit. Now, do you think that might have been targeted in a select, what we call selective enforcement, which is unconstitutional or against the law? Uh, well, not specifically against the law, but chart, you can bring a lawsuit for someone who selectively enforces the law. Um, that just doesn't work. <laughs> oh, well, that was 89. That's not all that long ago. Oof. Okay, moving along to 1990, let's see what happened a year later. Three gay men are attacked, and one of them slashed in the face by, uh, with a razor by a gang of seven youths shouting anti-gay epileps on New York's Christopher Street. The slashing victim, 17-year-old dance instructor, Gerund Stewart, requires more than 60 stitches on his cheeks, chin, neck, and arms. Isn't that lovely? Oof. And 2011, the United States Department of Labor releases a report on employee benefits in uh, the United States, which for the first time includes information on the availability of same-sex domestic partnership benefits. 
2011. How about that? Moving along to July 27th on LGBTQ history. In 1940, Reverend Troy Perry, founder of the Metropolitan Community Church, is born. 1940, well, let's see, he would be 60, 70, 82. Troy Perry. Okay, in 1967 in the United Kingdom, nearly 10 years after the publication of the Wolfenden Report, the Sexual Offenses Act takes effect. 67, decriminalizing private homosexual acts in England and Wales. Wales, did you get that, Lynn? The age of consent for homosexual acts is set at 21, compared to 16 for heterosexual acts. Well, there's a little bit of prejudicial discrimination there. Okay, but... Whatever. In 1978, a New Jersey, in New Jersey, repeals the anti-sodomy laws. It's anti-sodomy laws. Okay, well, that helps. 78, though. In 1982, representatives for various gay government and health organizations decide on the term acquired immune deficiency syndrome, or AIDS, at a Centers for Disease Control meeting convened in Washington, D.C., The mysterious syndrome is now reaching epidemic proportions among gay men in the U.S. Well, I didn't know that they coined it that in that point. That was in 82, fairly early in the epidemic. (laughs) And on the last day on this week in history, oh, no, wait, there's one more after this, second to the last day. Okay, on uh, July 28th, In 1961, Illinois becomes the first U.S. state to repeal its sodomy law. See, I don't think government should be telling me what I do in the privacy of my home or with whom I do it, unless it's, you know, like murder. But (laughs) I digress. Yeah, Um, there has to be that exception. In 1988, a major 175 picture retrospective of Robert Maplethorpe, here he is again, photographs Robert Maplethorpe, The Perfect Moment, opens at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York City. Mm, mm, mm. Apparently, he prevailed, even though they, they tried to unprevail him. That's all for the 28th. Moving on. To July 29th, for the last day of this week in this week's in history, in 1953, Tim Gunn, fashion guru, we know Tim, uh, <laughs> and Guide is born uh, today, and make it work, his famous uh, uh, line, make it work, yes, okay, and then in 1978, moving right along, the village people's first. Major hit disco single, Macho Man, (laughs) begins a six-week run in the nation's top 40. It will eventually go gold. Oh, gosh. I remember. Sorry, I do remember this song (laughs) when it was a hit. I'm aging myself. In 1986, the Chicago City Council voted 30 to 18 defeats the proposed gay rights ordinance for the city. Mm, Chicago, shame on you. 
1998, Jerome Robbins, Tony Award-winning director and choreographer, dies at the age of 79. And that takes care of this week in history on KXFM 104.7. Craig, here reporting all the news that's fit to be the news. <laughs> and um, how are we doing on time? Because I do have some more news here. I this is this is shocking. I just I I about dropped my coffee this morning. There is a conservative Texas lawyer. You know, of course, when Roe versus Wade happened, there that that's like it opened the gates for so many other things. But this conservative Texas lawyer targets prep after the abortion rights. So, if you're not familiar with prep, is it's a preventative. Uh, medication you can take that protects you from contracting HIV. And uh, so if you're active, uh, if you're sexually active, you might want to take it as a, as a precaution uh, in case you happen to have uh, some activity, which some people do, you know. And so he thinks that uh, people shouldn't have it. Uh, he says the drug encourages and facilitates homosexual behavior. Um, and, the, you know, I suppose if it wasn't there, then it would curtail homosexual behavior. And that's a good thing, he thinks, I guess. But isn't that just, I mean, what, what does it matter to him? What does it matter to that person? That he's, he's judging and putting morals on someone else that, just, uh, I just can't get past that. Okay. With the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade last month, an architect of a controversial Texas abortion law has already aimed at marriage equality, and his next target could leave Texans without access to life-saving preventative care. What the heck is his name? Jonathan Mitchell the former uh, Solicitor General who helped write the Senate Bill 8, the restrictive abortion law in Texas, opened a private law firm. Well, apparently got so much notoriety from writing the bill, he wrote, opened up a private law firm to go after decades of high court rulings, according to the Dallas Morning News. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Since the beginning of his career, Mitchell has been, a vocal, been vocal about his dire, desire to dismantle decades of decisions he believes depart from the Constitution's language or recognize constitutional rights that do not have a textual foundation. Due to the Supreme Court's continued shift in his direction, his cases will likely serve as a bellwether of the country's legal system. So watch out for this guy. He's in Texas. I think we should <laughs> put up a border... Well, there, Texas is very diverse, I have to say. I can, you can't say because there's a one bad apple. Uh, or I would maybe characterize it more than a bad apple, but, <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> yes, Joe, I digress. Um, yeah, so that's one bad apple. So I'm going to rush through the rest of the news here because um, I don't want to run out of time. Um, so... Uh, this is interesting. <laughs> Iraq will ban homosexuality. Okay, that's like saying 
um, we're going to ban blue eyes. How how do you do that? You know, you're you're born with blue eyes or you're born gay. You know, but, but Iran's going to Iraq, excuse me, it's going to ban it. So I guess you line them all up and you tell them you're banned. You can't be here. Uh, either that or you, I don't know. Iraq's government has announced plans to outlaw law homosexuality, sparking anger and fear in the Iraqi LGBTQ plus, that's right, community. On July 8th, the Iraqi parliament began a process of collecting signatures to pass a law that will make homosexuality illegal once again. Mm-hmm. So they're stepping back. Iraq made homosexuality legal after Saddam Hussein was removed from power in 2003. However, there were items in the penal code that allow lawmakers to target LGBTQ plus citizens. Now politicians want to double down on that by explicitly outlawing homosexuality. Well, I don't. I'm scratching Iraq off my vacation schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Top Russian tennis player Daria Kasatkina comes out as gay, but she's smart. She didn't do it while she was in Russia. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Russia's highest-ranked female tennis player came out as gay in an interview while addressing rising homophobic attitudes in the country. Daria, currently ranked number 12 in the world, told a Russian blogger that she is in a relationship with a woman. Yes, bigger skater, Natalie Zabalako. Uh, she posted uh, photos of the two together on social media following an interview. She spoke out against the situation in Russia, saying that she would never be able to hold hands with her girlfriend in her home country, where she is not currently based. Smart girl. (laughs) And moving along to China. (laughs) And their university punishes students for LGBTQ flags. They had a rainbow flag. Oh, my goodness. What a horrible atrocity. A rainbow flag. It had all these colors on it. You wouldn't believe how shameful it was. Why, it it had red and orange and yellow and green and blue and purple all together. Uh, Two students of one of China's most prestigious universities were issued warnings for distributing LGBTQ rainbow flags, highlighting how the nation's increasing intolerance for sexual diversity is extending further into campuses. (gasps) The pair were reprimanded for placing 10 handheld flags on a table at a campus supermarket in Beijing on May 14th. Ah, alongside handwritten notes encouraging, encouraging people to take the items, according to a person familiar with the incident, who asked not to be identified publicly discussing a sensitive issue. Oh, my gosh. Ah, that evening, the university representative told the pair distributing the flags was in possible contravention of school rules or was impossible, not impossible. Uh, About a month later, one of the students attended a meeting with the school staff to discuss the incident. Uh, What an atrocity. Uh, Oh, my. In this news, the U.S. House passes a bill protecting marriage equality. The U.S. Supreme House of Representatives on Tuesday passed a bill protecting 
protecting gay marriage rights after the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus Wade imperiled similar precedents that protected rights to same-sex relations and contraception. The bill, which passed the Democratic-controlled chamber vote by 267 by 157, with support of 47 Republicans, yay, establishes federal protection for gay marriage and prohibits anyone from denying the validity of a marriage based on the race or sex of the couple. It will now go to the Senate, where that's where it's having the trouble I was explaining earlier, for a vote, where it faces unclear odds and in the evenly divided chamber. House Republicans were told to vote with their conscience by party leadership who did not whip against the bill. So they didn't whip against it. But um, anyway, uh, there we go. And moving along to Nigeria, LGBTQ plus Nigerians fear violence after the Sharia court death sentence. Uh, this is just lovely news. Uh, a Nigerian Sharia court's decision to sentence three men to death by stoning for homosexual acts could trigger similar cases uh, in the country's state that apply Islamic law and unleash a wave of homophobic violence. Uh, male same-sex relationships are punishable by up to 14 years in prison under Nigerian law, but 12 states in the mainly Muslim North also use parallel Sharia courts to punish residents for crimes ranging from adultery to blasphemy. Uh, it's just the whole thing. Uh, call for violence. Mm, yeah, I'm not going to Nigeria anytime soon either. All right. That's it for the international. Oh, no, wait. Yeah, we're moving back to the states here on this next news item. And then I got to wrap it up because I see Ada May out there chomping at the bit. <laughs> Let's see. This We're moving to Oklahoma. Now, like Laguna Beach, years ago, we had our first, I think one of the first gay mayors in the country. Um, and he since lives in Hawaii and um, like... Palm Springs, their whole city council is gay fairly recently. I don't know if it's still the case, but uh, it was, you know. Um, but in Oklahoma's, uh, Oklahoma town's first openly gay mayor uh, resigns over harassment threats bordering on violence. This is just really too bad. Unfortunately, these malicious, bad faith attacks are escalating, and I no longer feel safe in my capacity to serve as mayor. Adam Graham wrote Monday in his resignation letter. So this just happened this last Monday. I, you know, it's it's really unfair to the people that voted him in. I mean, the community voted this guy in to represent them, and he feels he can't represent the people who want him and fairly feel they should have the person there that they voted in because of a few people that want to threat violence because of violence. You know? 
Graham, in a resignation letter, said in the last month alone, he had been followed home from meetings, threatened while walking his dog, harassed at Starbucks, and had his tires slashed. Graham was one of six openly LGBTQ elected officials in Oklahoma. Adam Graham was the first openly gay mayor in The Village, a town just outside of Oklahoma City, has resigned, writing a resignation letter that no longer feels safe to serve. Graham wrote Monday in a letter to Bruce Stone, the city manager. He said certain sects of the village population had recently become emboldened to pursue threats and attacks against him bordering on violence. Unfortunately, these malicious bad faith attacks are escalating and I no longer feel safe in my capacity to serve as mayor. Graham wrote, it is with a heavy heart that I tender my resignation effective immediately. Graham is uh, one of only six openly LGBTQ elected officials in Oklahoma, had just assumed the office in May after serving the village, the city as a village, as vice mayor for two years. Before that, he served a two-year term as a city council member. Roughly two months before his resignation, Graham had said he was involved in an incident with two police officers from a nearby town, Nicholas Hills, whom Graham on Monday accused of targeting the village residents. I will never apologize for standing up to the people I was elected to serve. Apparently, there was a battle with some of the not nice police from the next city. Graham wrote in his resignation letter, he had, he added that he will remain in the area as a private citizen and will work to make sure the best possible people are elected to serve in city government. Across the city, LGBTQ plus people say harassment and violence against the community has been ramping up in part because of recent legislation targeting the rights of LGBTQ people, particularly youth. Some have joined Graham in leaving their jobs, citing safety concerns, discrimination, and discrimination based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. Last month, Willie Carver Jr. voted Kentucky's 2022 Teacher of the Year quit his K-12 teaching job, alleging anti-LGBTQ plus discrimination and little support from his school administration. As a queer person in K-12 education, I've been unable to do my work without facing discrimination, heartache, and being a part of a system that causes harm, he told the Lexington Herald leader. A national rhetoric has turned up, and LGBTQ teachers bear the weight of hatred that catalyzes the vitriol. He said, it's tiring. And he left. And that's an awful note to leave my listeners on. But here in Laguna Beach, we are very happy. We are, aren't we? (laughs) It's a beautiful day. It's a Saturday, and it's the weekend, and it's the summer, and it's the best time of the year and the best place of the world. And it's a wonderful day to go out and hug your fellow uh, Lagoonians, <laughs> and uh, say a nice thing, do a nice thing, buy some flowers at the market and take them home and share them. That's what my mother always did. In the worst of days, in the best of times, there were always flowers and they always mattered. And um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Thanks for tuning in today on KXFM 104.7 Rainbow Radio. I'll be back here next week. 
Don't forget uh, the uh, Laguna Beach Pride Festival coming up on August 6th. And get your tickets today while they're available. Uh, go to lagunabeachpride.org. Thank you, and thanks for tuning in. See you, uh, see you again next week.